Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town, I'm Lou Gregory and here's what's coming up today. Stoke come to town and take all three points. A very frustrating afternoon at Kenilworth Road. Were Stoke time wasting? Maybe we were just poor for another time this season. Today we discuss the Stoke defeat in more detail and take a look at Gabriel Osho. How has he started the season? Do you think he's one of the most underrated players in the squad at the moment? Can you see a positive future in Luton Town? And we also answer a few Instagram questions and plenty more. And as always on a Monday night, uh, we've got Dave and Bataro with us. Evening. Uh, evening, boys. Hello. Evening, evening. evening. Uh, before we start, it was announced the other day, there's a very special podcast coming next week. Yeah. Mick Harford on Owen the Town next Monday. It's an hour long episode. Bataro was a bit starstruck at the time. <laughs> oh, here we go. They uh, smashed it for the first half uh, an hour. Me and you were just sat here like doing absolutely nothing. But it's a really good listen, isn't it? That's uh, brilliant. No fairness. Admittedly, you say about obviously Starstruck. Dave, more so, I would say. Come on. Dave, you were loving it, mate. Oh, yeah, you know, I've been watching, you know, growing up watching you, Mick. No, joking. But no, it was brilliant. Well, it actually, was... I probably did say that, if I'm honest. He, he's a legend and, and we're so delighted to have him uh, Give talk to us. the people listening right now one reason to listen to Mick Harford next week on the podcast. Because Mick Harford. I mean, forget us, we're shite, but Mick Harford. Hey, the way he spoke about the club, yeah. the way he spoke about the cup finals, the way he spoke about motivating his players was amazing. Yeah, just have a listen. He was a good guy. Really enjoyed the chat. And he knows how to chat as well. He keeps the conversation going. And he was talk. funny as well, wasn't he? Amazing. He was good. He was funny as well. Really, really pleasure to speak to him. And I can't wait for you all to see it. It's a really good podcast and it'll be out available to listen to and watch on YouTube and your podcast app next Monday. I'll have a word with and producer Jacob. And he let me be on there as well. And you let me be on there as well. I, of course. Yeah. Of course. You weren't selfish this time. No, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll have a word with producer Jacob and we'll get, we'll get a time sorted. Anyway, uh, Luton Nil Stoke one. this wasn't what we wanted over the weekend. It was a... I just it, it, I said to you earlier it feels like we never do a podcast after a win because also we only do a podcast on a Monday we don't do mm-hmm. a midweek one and we we figured out we've only won two like, was it? two That's home Saturday, Saturday games three yeah. Saturday games I think we've won this season which is not that many so if you're not careful right. people will be calling us jinxes we're here again after another Saturday defeat and this time it's to Stoke uh, three word reviews Ad says we move on Dicko says, lacking any quality. Sparky says, just consistently inconsistent. Uh, Louis says, sideways and backwards. Rob, time-wasting masterclass. Dave says, dreadful tactics, costly. Uh, Craig says, Stoke fans obsessed. Charlie, Wickham in disguise. And Toby says, glad Campbell's back. Um, guys, I was at work. I didn't see didn't see the game. So I'm going to need a little bit of help today. But Go on, Dave. You start us off then. Well, if we look at these... Um uh, time-wasting masterclass, absolutely. They controlled the game. They, they managed the game very, very well. Um, um, at every point, they had a chance of slowing down, so I agree with that. Um, yeah, lacking any quality. I think both sides lacked a bit of quality, didn't they, on the day? 
to be Genuinely? fair, to be fair to Stoke, obviously don't get it wrong. Um, by all means, they weren't a great side to watch or whatever else, but they did a job. And like I said Saturday, right? We weren't at our best, but we weren't bad either. So I think any criticism towards us is a bit harsh. Okay, we, we could have done better in certain areas, but look, sideways and backwards there, for example. I think it was only sideways and backwards because Stoke made us play that way. They dictated how we played and we weren't clever enough. So, no. But yeah, look, it's nothing to be too you know, downhearted about, but... Stoke's gameplay ruined the game as well as uh, the official ruined the game. You have to appreciate that, though, from the Yeah, of course, view, of course. Yeah. I mean, if it was us getting a 1-0 in that way, you'd be, you'd be going, yeah, well, you brilliant. know, we battled it out and we did what we had to do. And to this get is the thing as well. If Stoke are 0-0, maybe to like the 70th minute, maybe then they do go a bit more expansive to try and get another goal. Maybe that then suits us more to go ahead and, mm-hmm. and get the goal. But when you're 1-0 down after, what, 25 minutes, was it? 30 minutes? Is it early? I oh, think yeah. I'm... I'm, I'm a little bit early, I think. I'm, I'm not too sure. But when you are 1-0 down, you're giving Stoke the opportunity just to shut up shop and go, well, we'll come in. We'll we'll put everyone behind the ball. We'll time waste. Mm-hmm. We'll... And so you said, you just got to say, fair play. You can't be sitting there and getting bitter about it. And Like Rob says, time wasting masterclass as well. Yeah. Play the game, don't they? I mean, we haven't seen it for, what, a year or two? Especially, like, say, Wickham. It used to happen, didn't it? Back in the conference as well and whatever else. But... It's very rare you see, uh, not very rare, sorry, I'll take that back, but it's it's more, i say it's more, a bit, little bit more rare these days you see it in a championship. Yeah, but they, with they, teams time-wasting and, you know, trying to play the game, game management. But, you know, game management is part of football, so we have well, to get with it. And then again, it just shows how far we've come as a football club that a team as yeah. Stoke would claim are 10 times bigger than Luton would come to us and have to do that to grind out the win. But It's, like almost, it's almost a form of respect in lack of respect in this, at the same time. That makes sense. But no, you're right. Like you say, like how many teams used to come to Luton like in the Championship, for example, and try and do that? Not many teams. Stoke fans are a little bit obsessed with us at the moment. I know Mike from Luton News got a load of uh, Stoke fans on the end of his tweet uh, full-time the other day. I wouldn't be surprised if one of them found this and... Hey, look, if, out, again, so if, it, if, it was, it. if it was us playing that way, you go, what a, what a great way to earn a point. It's just frustrating when you... I wouldn't want to watch that every week. That would do my head in. Um... And I heard a few people say that behind me as well. Yeah, can yeah. Watch how can you watch that now. every week? You, you just can't. But, but at the same time, Dave, they get promoted from it. Or exactly. If we, if we get promoted exactly. by doing it, we would take it. So, yeah, yeah. And, and if they end up going up, playing that way, good luck to them in the Premier League. They'll get fisted. Just yeah. on that, though, you say you wouldn't want to watch it every... I'm sure... I want to win every week. not like that every week, though, for Stoke. Well, I'm just saying I wouldn't want to watch it every well, week. I if if their week, game plan, every time they go away, is to manage the game the way they did and to... To but when you're winning, well, even there's before, not a lot even wrong with bef- that, I think. I'm sorry to say, but even before they were winning, they were doing stuff like that. Can I just say, also say as well, I've, I've watched like a few times this season, last season as well, under O'Neill. I'll tell you what, nothing really changes. It's very good game management from his, like from their point of view, his point of view, their point of view. They've always done it. All right, yeah, it's not always exactly the same, but I'll tell you what, they don't play attractive football. I've never no. seen it. No, it wasn't attractive football. And at, at times, it was like they had a sniper in the main stand shooting the players because they were going down for no reason and just lying there. You know, it was, but we've seen it before. You're right. Game management. I can't say more than that. But this will make us better, though, in the long run. Seeing things like this, and you know, when it happens to looting players themselves, they'll they'll learn from this. So we'll take it. 
Should we talk about the game? Uh, two changes from the midweek win over Middlesbrough. Uh, Campbell and Bell. Good to see Campbell back in after that injury yeah. against Blackburn. Potts didn't have the best game against Middlesbrough, did he? I know it was like back for the first time in Last a while minute, for well, him yeah. and maybe he's not fully ready to, or game ready yet, but um, it was good to see Bell back in as well. Maybe Lansbury could have... We, we could have missed Lansbury a bit, obviously, that suspension. Um, but... When you look at their their first goal, it is a carbon copy nearly of the Middlesbrough one mid- midweek. Pretty much, yeah. Why are we conceding this type of goal two times in a row? Well, you shouldn't. That's the first thing. You shouldn't concede the same type of goal two times in a row like that. It was it was a carbon copy almost. It was quite uh, easy as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and, it, and and you know what? The most annoying thing was it was their only shot on target. Yeah. That I was it. That. I did see Stoke did a tweet about the goal. And this is the way I saw the goal. Um it's sort of like 16 passes yeah, in the build-up or whatever yeah. it was. Um, the question I think we, we we should be looking at here is, is the fault, you can say there's no fault in this, but do we need to stop the cross or do the centre-halves need to be defending in the box better? Because that's twice now in two games it's happened where it's a free tap-in for that centre-forward in the box. It's neither, why, is, it, why is it happening? It's neither one nor the other. It, it basically, what it is, it's... Obviously, look at, look at me. It basically what it is. I'm telling you. No, You're telling no, me. That's what I want to no, no, know the answer, mate. Basically, right, I'm pretty sure you ask anybody, right, and we'll, we'll say the same thing. It's not just stopping the cross. It's not just the position from the centre-half. It's everything. The whole build-up to that goal was shocking. The, the shape of the back four and the midfield, for example, was terrible. How are you knocking a ball in behind like that with no one pressing? I think Pelly was the last man back trying to stop the cross. I did watch which it back and think. Which a fucking awful job about. Pelly could have got nothing, a bit tight, so. Yeah, but nothing, right, nothing against him. The whole team for that goal. Why is he in that position in the first place? Terrible. And then the ball gets whipped in again. Who's picking up Brown? Who's with Brown? No one. I'm sure Sonny or Naismith or whoever should have been picking him up. When you look back at the the replay, it was Burke and Naismith who were closest to him. So I don't know yeah. if it's one of them guys that have let him go, but... Well, not close enough. Well, we've got a back three there. Obviously, the closest one of the back three goes towards the ball, I suppose, and you know covers that sort of that area in the 10-yard slot or whatever, but... Who who is there? Like you say, like Burke and Naismith. Yeah, no one's there. But I mean, for that to happen, the press. I mean, Campbell's press was phenomenal the whole game. Can we just say? But the press from the whole team there. Where was it? It was non-existent. Absolutely shocking, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think you could say on that whole move, the midfield let us down a bit mm-hmm. um, to get. You know, you, you need to stop that that run earlier, don't you? You need yeah. to stop that ball earlier. Well, you're knocking balls in like that. It's too easy yeah, as well. It, it, in behind. It was the one, I suppose if you look at Stokes' play there, it's the one moment of quality they had, but probably dependent on us being a little bit under yeah. par. 100%. I mean, also another thing as well, right? Obviously, where I was sitting, behind the ground, obviously in the Kenilworth, right? Remain Sawyers was pulling our strings, or pulling their strings, should I say, or whatever else, but and we couldn't get close to him. He was he had too, far too much time on the ball. Like, even Fletcher was dropping into, into spaces, like... How are you letting this guy pick up the ball in them, them areas? Like I said, the midfield, the midfield three. I've said it all season. I, I still don't think the midfield is our strongest. I think it's our weakest point. Realistically, I think our midfield is the weakest point. But, you know, look, maybe that's due to tactics and the way we play and how we play football, but there should never be that much space in behind, especially in the middle of the park. And there's so much gap for manoeuvrability for the opposition. And you, I don't know, I don't understand it, but obviously yeah. I'm not a football coach, so... But I'm sure if you watch it back, I don't know if you see it. I it gets knocked to watch in behind. It, it gets knocked in behind. Well, I'm saying in general, right? Oh, uh, yeah. In behind the midfield, every single time it gets knocked in. 
And I just don't know, it happens every single time we can see the goal. But look, it's not it's not a negative point. Well, it is a negative point, but it's not too negative because we, we can't get too down about it. Because look, we're having a great season still. The reality is though, if you're going to give players in the championship that much time to cross the ball mm. and you put in and a player like Soyuz puts in a ball like that, it's just begging for a tap-in from, again, another decent striker. Like you say, quality as well pays off sometimes. Yeah. I get that one shot on target, like you said, Dave. Yeah, one, one shot, shot on, target, on target and that is and it. that's it, it goes in. All it takes. I think they had one shot on target the other week against uh, Hull or Barton, whoever it was, and they won again. But that's shot on target. That, but so you know, we'd say do. you can win ugly or, and as much as you want, you can win ugly. And, and if it, again, if it was us, we'd yeah, want to win ugly. We just want to win, yeah, right? of course it is. But it wasn't, it wasn't an entertaining game at all. Uh, and I think that Stoke's game management contributed to our lack of mm-hmm. any force in the game at some point. Jacob says it. Luton never really got in control of the game. Stoke kept having all the attacks. Well, do you know what? All I remember is that they had one attack and it scored. I thought we was, I thought we was holding them up quite well to, to begin with. I didn't think they was overly dominant. Your face. What, what you sorry, no, sorry. I'm just trying to look on here. What did you say about what Jacob said? What, sorry? Producer Jacob says, Luton never got in control of the game and Stoke kept having all the attacks. Uh, I wouldn't have said that second Call half. him out. Jacob, fuck you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Bro. No, no, no. I'm joking. But um, seriously, I thought, <laughs> for, for, uh, I thought first half, admittedly, we weren't great. And uh, you know what? Fair enough to them. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
we can't make this too negative. We're all, we're all sitting there a bit glum, aren't we? You can't. I, I think you can't look over the fact also that, that our uh, was he a Premier League referee ref yeah. like he should be in the conference? It was it Moss. Yeah, he I was, saw him give that yellow for Campbell when he won the ball. Yeah, wow, awful. But he was awful the whole game. It wasn't just one incident. It was several. He stopped the flow of the game. He was he was giving free kicks when their bench called for him, basically. You know, there was a couple of times where nothing would have happened. The shout goes up and he blows his bloody whistle. He was awful. He stopped the flow of the game as much as bloody Stoke did. And, and listen, you can't blame the ref for our defeat, but he was... For me, party to it. Allowed it as well, didn't he? Yeah, it was awful. God-awful referee. God-awful. I guess, really, at the end of the day, we're going to lose games and losing at home to Stoke. Losing to Stoke, look, like we said earlier, and I think I said this before the game on Saturday, I was like, not even that confident. We just never seem to get a result against Stoke. And I said exactly the same thing to you. For the yeah. Pre, like I always say, I always say, I'm always confident about anything. I think we can compete anyone. But you know, Stoke is always one that I look at and go, "Are we going to sort of like, are we going to do it this time? Maybe not. I don't know. I just feel like Stoke have got Nathan Jones' card marked a little bit here. It'd be really interesting to see the teams we've done the best against in the championships and we've been back, and the teams we've struggled. Because I'd say Stoke were probably top of the ones we've struggled against. Well, we haven't beaten them yet, have we? We had that one draw when Collo equalised in the last minute before lockdown. Yep. Um, lost 3-0 at their place twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, lost 2-0 last season. Behind uh, closed doors. But there's always a chance that we might beat them. There's always a chance. If you play, oh, if yeah. you play to our strengths, we play as well as we can play. You, you know, again, if we can manage our game against them better than we did this time. We won against Warren, didn't we, during the week? So, yeah. If yeah, it's so possible, there, there isn't... There isn't any logical reason we can't no, beat them. Exactly. So, I mean, people go on like obviously the whole superstition thing, or you can't win because of certain teams or certain whatever. But no, no, of course it's bollocks. But we've struggled to beat Stoke, Cardiff yeah, since we've been Stoke, back. It's, you know, Millwall. Millwall was the one. If you look at back on the Millwall game, you go, "Hang on, we, we've gone to we've gone to, obviously there to their place and won." Do you think? And you think that's probably the, well, that was the biggest thing I think for us. We broke the duck, that Millwall kind of thing. Yeah, but do we you think done it against Stoke? Do you think psychologically that really helps? Um, you know, we go to Wickham and we've not lost up there. And do you think psychologically Wickham go, oh bloody hell, Luton to come in? There's no way we're going to win. Do you think that's that's how we set out a stall Saturday? Uh, I don't think no, so. No. I just think no, they, they they outmanaged the game. They out, you know, they didn't play that much better than we did. What's the same? You've got to look at that and. That sort of area, you go, oh yeah, what? Because obviously we haven't, like, say for Wickham, for example, but I'm sure you go into a game knowing that, you know, you haven't lost there or however many years you haven't lost it at a certain ground or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because you know certain what? nerves creeping as well. When you, as you well, say when my attitude would be, bloody hell, we haven't lost there for ages, would you or lose? Yeah. That's course. how I'd look yeah. at it. So um, I, do, I do think players and staff will be aware of stats like that as well. Yeah. But, 100%. But do you think that it would psychologically affect them that bad that they would play worse? I don't know. Yeah, you know, bloody hell, they're here again. Oh, we we can't can't afford to lose, so they play worse. I I, I think it would probably try and push them on, wouldn't it? I, just, I well, yeah, of course. But I mean, I just think like look, obviously the way Stokes set up, the way the way they you know, they scored early and whatever else, and they went on then to defend. I'd say in the second half, I definitely said they went on to defend the game, and you know we took it more to them than they did us without really causing any you know any problems. True. But what I'm saying is, they wouldn't have done that last season or the season before that. So that I think that proves to us how good we are as a side. 
they show us a little bit more respect nowadays. Right. And they know they have to defend. Then they have to set up a midfield of five or whatever else. And then go down clutching your face and rolling around. And, and but yeah, it yeah. kills the game. They, yeah. you, totally killed the game. Yeah, they, well, they killed the game off. We couldn't we can cope with that. It That's was a 1 0 defeat. It was a second defeat in three games. Um, uh, don't go on them stats, Greg, mate. Come on. Or, as I, or if you let me finish, I can say, well, you said like two defeats in 10, but. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever so. it was. But um, I guess we just need to learn how to break teams like this down. And at the end, because you'll, you'll sit there and say, if we could just sort problems like that out we'd be fighting for automatic promotion, which is unrealistic. So sometimes I think as a football club, we just got to remember where we are and yeah. the players we have aren't the same level as a Fulham or a West Brom or a Bournemouth and that we are just going to lose games. It's just the well, reality so of the championship, it is. isn't it? Mate, look at some of the bigger teams, the bigger club, the so-called bigger clubs in that league. Sheffield United struggling. Games. Exactly. But anyway, we want to focus on Gabe, Gabriel Osho. Gabe Osho. Um, how do you rate performances this season? Is he the most underrated player at the club? What have you made of Osho's performances so far this season? I think he's played very well at times. I wouldn't say completely. But look, the guy's still young. He hasn't really been given the chance at this level often. But I still think he needs a lot of work to be done. He did a job though, didn't he? At the start of the season, he played a massive role in them first, yep. I don't know, six games or whatever he played in a row. and He looked pretty good, to be fair to him. He made some um, quality blocks on Saturday. Oh, especially that one on the field. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you Brilliant. know. So, yeah, I think it's exciting that you're developing a player in this way. He's still young as well, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think you can't knock him. Where do you see his best position? Because he's well started a bit of in that central defensive mid-roll, didn't he? And I, I guess he can play centre-half and he was brought in as a centre-half. I think he, he knows he's a central holding midfielder. He, I think he's, you know, he compared, well, not compared himself, but he's likened him, his style to, which is a bit far-fetched, to Casemiro. Not, not in those words, but he wants to play like that. So, therefore, if yeah. you were to play like someone like Casemiro, who's a holy midfielder, one of the best in the world, then, obviously, he he fancies himself for that position. So, I mean, good luck to him. But he does need he does need quite a bit of work, to to be fair to him. But then again, he, he's, still, he's still a youngster, isn't he? Yes. But, look, Someone with that much talent and he needs a lot of work, not a lot of work, but he will, he'll get it right, but he needs to focus on sometimes staying a bit more calmer because I think he does rush into things sometimes and sometimes his passing, not his passing, but yeah, no, his passing as well. But his decision making sometimes when he turns out, he turns into trouble too much. That's That's the only thing I can really fault him about but nothing really against him yeah I, I mean I'm happy to have him in there I mean him or Glenn Ray I mean to keep Glenn Ray out or Campbell whoever else in that midfield he's obviously doing a decent enough job he's agile he's athletic so good luck to the boy so yeah yeah I, I can sort of agree with that um, it's nice to have a developing player because that's what he is isn't it really he's, 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 he's developing and he's, he can only get better and we didn't, know, we didn't know too much about him last season he's never really no. given him a chance but I mean, we all like him. We look at, it's not like we look at him and go, oh, fuck's sake, Osho's in the team. We, we never look at it like that. We always look and go, oh, I wonder what he's going to do today. Yeah, sometimes he's yeah, inconsistent, exactly. but he's still young. Like we said, he's still learning. He's nowhere near his peak yet. And I know we've he's mentioned still learning this, that role. We mentioned this on the podcast quite recently about how we compare our team now to what it was when we got promoted to the championship. And you think, like, to come a long way to actually have young exciting prospects in your team like Osho like Adebayo and plenty more but 
you compare that to when we come up and we were having Alan Sheehan, love Alan Sheehan, no disrespect to him at all. But yeah, it's a completely different set of players. It's a different that. set of players. It is yeah. like Callum McManamum and these players that you look at and they were maybe at an age where you think we're not, you're not going to develop more of us and, and become, mm-hmm. but these, these youngsters we have now have that opportunity to become top, top championship, maybe Premier League players. And they're, and they're players as well that you look at or people looked at and went, oh, who are these players? They're, you know, they're unproven or whatever else. But they're starting to prove themselves now. And they're starting to prove why that, not, not given, taking the chance on them, but why they're given, they're getting given the opportunity, for example. Yeah. Which makes perfect sense. Because like you say, you, you want to progress your own players from within. Or, you know, if you get young sin, like you say, and just keep growing them in the club. And I think that's what we need to do. But yeah, like you say, obviously with your McManamums and your whoever else. You know, Lloyd Jones. You remember we had Lloyd Jones sent yeah, off yeah, in that yeah. first season? As like us, And it's just like, we've come such a long way now to be having... The players we have as as backup as well is some of these some of these young youngsters that we bring in or the or the new players we bring in are sort of like that point in their career where they got a lot to prove and they mm-hmm. can move on. They come to Luton because they know Luton develop players well, and you know we sent a lot of players to the Premier League, so they they have ambition and they want to yeah. show that ambition. They can only improve, surely. In the next yeah. ten minutes, we've got a really nice discussion that I'm really excited to talk to you guys about. So. Uh, stick around for that. Is it, is it about football? Or? Is it a Christmas party? No, no, no. It's, it's football. It's related to oh, Luton. So. I was going to say, you're not going to do it if it's stupid, are you? No, it's just a, it's a nice chat. So okay, was, It's an interesting chat, which me and Jacob, producer Jacob, had a, had a phone call earlier when we were discussing the podcast, and he asked me what I thought, and he didn't agree. So I'll be interested to see what you two think. Okay. So <laughs> five minutes, we'll get into that. This is what you guys say about Gabriel Osho. Ian says, I believe he is one of the most underrated players of the club. Getting his chance now, though, and taking it, he does the unsung stuff like blocks, tackles and headers that don't always get raved about. Unless you Luke Pataro loves to rave about like a block or a header from Sonny Bradley. Hey. Gary says he is one lovely lad and will be a massive star hopefully for us in the future. Learning his trade but has fantastic potential. Yeah, exactly that. He's learning his trade and has fantastic potential, which we see. You know, it, obviously he needs sort of like certain edges rough, uh, smoothed out a little bit. But look, massive potential there. Agree. Sultan says decent, but can be a bit too aggressive at times. He could be a very strong player and could challenge Ray for a starting position. It's good to have that competition for Ray, though, isn't it? In that mm-hmm. central defensive mid role. I think we got, we got you know three, three, four players that maybe play that position. But like you say, between him and Ray, if you want to play a holding midfielder, it's going to be them too, isn't it? But um, no, hundred percent. I mean, strong player, obviously, you know, can be too aggressive at times, but sometimes that aggression gets him into them positions or yeah. those... Yeah, the more he starts, yeah. the stronger he'll become, the better he'll become. The calmer, and, then, and the players around him will know what he does more. Adam says he's not the most underrated player, but he's definitely got potential. Don't think I'd name it in my starting 11 every week. I agree. I agree. He's still young. Well, what's it going to take to name it in your starting 11 every week if you can't see his potential and you can't see how he's playing? I, I just... You know, at what point do you say, right, I'm going to give him a chance and start him? Yeah, but this is just a question then, as you say, yeah. name your starting strongest 11. Is he in it? Probably not. And that's so, no disrespect certain, yeah. to Osho. No, I get that. Like I, say, I get games. that, but at what point do you start him? Well, when, when he does everything right every week. Well, you won't Maybe, be able to see that. If he comes on for 20 minutes or whatever, you might not see that. No, but look at the way we've seen him this season, though, for example. We've seen him, what, start, I think, four or five games. And the rest, he's sort of a like bit part. Yeah. 
you don't want to play him. Look, I see. I, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not. You know, I'm not a football manager. Clearly, but you You're know, not. if you, no, funny enough, <laughs> I, I know I got Forest Green promoted from the conference that time. But I'm a football manager, suited on everything in the bedroom. But don't worry about that. But what I'm saying is, right, that's true. By the way, Dave, I was only about 14. Anyway, um, 24. You mean? 24 was I? I might have been actually. Yeah, I can't fucking count. But um, get to I, your point. What was I saying anyway? That off show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you're too busy football no, manager. No, yeah, I like you. <laughs> Should I read Tyler's comment? Yes. Tyler says, good on the ball, but I'd like to see him turn in the midfield a bit more because his passes are normally back to defensive areas. Is that what you, pretty much what you said earlier about is him like needing a bit more agile or? No, it's not, it's not the agility thing for me that's the problem. Okay. It's the decision sort of making. Done. Yeah, well, that, that's sort of basically the same yeah. thing. Well, agility and decision making. I don't know, one's your, Brain, one's your point. But no, okay, yeah, fair enough. No, no, not agility, but, but the same thing he's trying to say. He's good on the ball, but in his his decision making is. Uh, I think he rushes things at the moment. Yeah, too much. He panics. He panics. That's what I was getting at. But what I was about to say about before foot manager, or whatever. But I can't remember now. No, there's a really good point in my head as well. I'm so sorry. Absolutely gone now as well. Just quit. Just gone. Off All here. I can see oh, now is me, a fat fourteen year old me sitting in a bedroom <laughs> like, watching Forest Green on my laptop. <laughs> Oh, and thought. my grandma would know exactly what I'm on about because she used to <laughs> fucking sit there with a the broom. Shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> All right, should we get into some Instagram questions and discuss the point that I was excited to talk to you guys about? If we have to. All right, James says, this is not a question, but Mick said to someone I know we would be lucky to keep Adebayo after January. Well. What are your thoughts? I wouldn't be surprised if he went to a Premier League team. Really? Yeah. I told you before, I think he's that good. And he will be that good. I think um, if he's going to go, if that happens, then we have to really boss a fee for him. Mm-hmm. So um, I was trying to... Why, sorry, is that not why Nathan Jones was saying the other day, you have to have one hell of a check? Exactly. He kept reiterating it. He kept absolutely like making the point as well. Which yeah. to me spells out that you know people are hunting from already. When I was on the phone to producer Jacob Elliott, and we, he asked me this, and he was like, "Do we include it in the podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, let, let's include this." Because I said, to, "I was like, he won't go in January. Not a chance he'll go in January." And Jacob was like, "Well, you never know." And I was like, "If someone is coming in from in January, they have to pay twenty mil." I was like, "If I was Luton, I wouldn't. I think to Luton, he'd be worth twenty mil." And Jacob was like, "Well, I don't think he's worth twenty mil. More like ten mil." I was like, but Toulon, they don't need to sell him. Admittedly, but then it comes down to player as well, isn't it? Personal. Actually, it, uh, to be fair, um, if you think back to our conversation with the big man himself, it's agents run players' lives. It's agents that will tout mm. the people around. And if his agents look at him and go, look what he's done in Luton in a very short space of time, and he approaches the right club... I'll take him. But who's he going to go to in the Premier League? He won't, won't be he a He wouldn't get a Premier League move in January. But if he did, it, it wouldn't be a top team, would it? It no. wouldn't be one of the, it'd be one, one of the ones scrapping it down the bottom. It would be like a Brentford. But yeah, and, and not, not even, you know, one of those that possibly will come back down to the Championship where it'd be more use for them eventually. I think Elijah's clever enough to know that if he yeah. stays at Luton, for a he's got more a better, better chance yeah. of progressing straight into a Premier League team that's he can hit the ground running then. Yeah. Because let's be honest, like... He needs a full season as well. He does need a full season. And he's still... He's got so much still to, to offer, I think. 
How much do you think he's worth, though? Because this is the question I said. And At I said to producer Jacob earlier, I just said, in January, say, let's say Brentford come knocking for Elijah Adebayo in January, how much do you say he's worth? I don't like putting figures on things like that. I say 20 mil. How much do they pay for Tony? 10. 10. There you go. That's what we want then. No. no. 80 million pounds. 80 million. <laughs> They're not going to pay and that. Do you know though. why? It's not. Because no one will pay 80 million pounds for him. And that's fucking great because we're going to keep him. I know, but how much would you accept for him? Well, how much do you think he's rated in, in comparison to other strikers in the leagues and whatever else? If you were to compare prices, I, I mean, I don't know because it obviously doesn't well, come around to contract and all, it, well, all that sort of shit. Wasn't, wasn't when, um, when Brentford nabbed Tony, wasn't he the top scorer in the league? Wasn't yeah, he banging? One. Yeah, and right. in league, league one, wasn't it? Yeah, that was in League One, though. Yeah. Exactly, League One, and he's worth ten mil. Yeah. You think I? I honestly believe at the moment you could put Elijah in like West Brom's team or Bournemouth's team, and he would be he'd be brilliant for him. But they're not going to splash out that sort of cash for him. Here you that's, go. That's it, why he's it, not leaving. Here's a little uh, thing for you: Carlin Grant at West Brom. He was worth quite a lot of money, wasn't he? Yeah. How much was he worth? Do you know exactly? It was over ten, wasn't it? Well, it must, I well, think I think it was, yeah. So but he's, he's a lot better than Colin Grant, in my opinion. All right, different kind of players. And, and that's thinking, and you're paying for age, you're paying for potential. Is mm-hmm. yeah, but you'll be you also be using a fee with a sell-on or a development clause in it that will pay you more. So you may the initial fee w- wouldn't be that large. Oh, I actually said to someone the other day at work. I said uh, um, I was chatting about young players and whatever else. And I said I said in comparison to James Justin, I said it's a completely different position. I said but Andy Bio. If James Justin went for, I think it was 12 to 14 million pounds or whatever it was. I think it was 12 actually, wasn't it? it was eight made you rise. I think it was eight then plus four million in Adams, I think. Right. But he was a 12. complete player by yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, admittedly. But what I was saying was, obviously, he only played League One level at that point. But he was still. Yeah, no, don't get wrong. He jumped up and he's, he's done it, whatever else. But I said, if he was worth 12 million pounds, everyone knows how much a striker's worth these days. Yeah. And a striker of, you know, a complete forward. It's hard to come by. And I just turned around and said, if he went for £12 million, James Justin, Max or whatever, over with all the add-ons, I'm pretty sure Alibi could go for at least 16. That's what I said. A 16 plus. All right. I don't think people would pay that, like you say, in January. But end of the season, if he scores 20 plus goals or even scores 15, 18 goals and gets, I don't know, six assists or something like that, that's not bad going. I'd love to hear what you guys think. How much... If, let's say, for we're example... Not selling, we're not selling him, though. But let's say, for example, in January, someone come in for him, what would you accept for him? <laughs> what would you accept? Because I would say nothing less than 20 mil if someone come for him in January. If someone, if Norwich City in January said, Luton, here's 20 mil, we'll take Elijah, I'll say. Yeah, go, no go worries. Give us Timmy Pookie as well. <laughs> Straight swap. I think... 20 well, mil Pookie. 20, but yeah, of course. I think you've got to weigh up... Um, I'd just be interested to you've hear got to, You've think. got to weigh up you know what you're going to lose against the fee that you're going to get because the fee it's replacement as well isn't it re- who, who do you replace him with well, how and, much would you accept for him do you know I, I find it very difficult to talk about values of players I really do Why? just say 20 mil alright oh, 20 mil fucking hell, two Twixes and a packet of crisps there you go <laughs> and no but seriously you know if, if we let him go for 20 mil who do you go and get and how and 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 another club knows that we've got twenty mil. How much are you going to cost us to get a different striker? Um, you've got to weigh all that up, haven't you? Here's another thing as well, right? Mitrovic, why has no one snapped him up again? I know he's played in the Prem before, but he's, he's got a record amount of goals as well. I know he's thirty years of age or whatever. 
He's scoring like one, two goals every he's game. He's ridiculous. Isn't I it? genuinely think if he does get moved on this quick, it will be down to his agent wanting to make a pretty penny out of it. Mm. And um, you know they can get a good a good salary in the Premier League. Doesn't matter if you're playing for a bottom bottom half table, you get a good salary. But so it depends yeah. what he wants to do. Does he want to develop his career? I think he does. Yeah. At the end of the day, we know what Eddie is about. He, he's a you know he seems like a genuine he's bloke. He he's not you know he's grounded. Yeah, he's he not. Looks very grounded. He's, he's not he's been not. with us long enough to go. Yeah, and he's he, you look at the kind of character he is, the way he speaks, everything about him. He's very. You know, he's, he's dance worth. But you could go to Norwich. Doesn't look and like then, Dick. But he could go to Norwich and be in the, in the championship next season. Yeah. Or he could wait another season with us, have another tremendous season. We might get promoted, we might not. Um, and then end up in a, a more mid-table Premier League team or to push it towards the top. Or we might do a swap deal for KDH. Oh. Ooh. There you go. Not I don't, nice. I don't think we have to worry about it. It's just, I'd really thank you, James, for that point because it, I just thought it did create a nice little interesting discussion point on... Unfortunately, these two don't want to discuss values or something because they well, hate talking about values. So it's not that. It's just it's just very, like you say, Dave. It's very difficult, isn't it? To Would discuss the, values. I mean, we could sit here and go, oh, "Yeah, he's going to have thirty minutes." Well, I'll have a discussion that, with our YouTube know. comments and our Twitter comments. Then you do that. Yeah. How much do you think he's worth, <coughs> Elijah Adebayo? Priceless. Well, at the moment, everyone's got a price tag, though. Well, of That's course they have. But oh, you know, that's twenty pound an hour, but no one fucking takes me up on it. You say everyone has the price tag. You're like, we don't need to sell him. Exactly. So He's that's why the price contract. tag is going to be even higher. So the, the price tag is whatever we want to ask for him. Exactly. And if they're not willing to make that, in the same way that um, when Man City wanted to um, sign your man from Tottenham. Kane. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they said, well, it's 100 million. They didn't pay it. Well, exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. So you, that's can, do, my point. you, can, you can do the same. That's why I said but, to you, what's the least you'd accept? But I don't know because I'm not in charge of the club, am I? There, there is a point at which someone at the club Gary Sweet, Nathan Jones, or whoever, is going to sit there and go, well, if this offer comes in at this rate... Right, what figure will that be? £35 million. Pounds. Okay, that, that yeah, that's okay. all I wanted was a figure. But I don't Happy know. Happy now. Thanks, but, guys. But that's it, isn't it? There is a point at which money will go, do you know what? As much as we love this player, the money's going to take him away. Mm-hmm. Then as long as we use some of that money, if not all of that money, to reinvest in the squad, then, you know, it's a good deal, isn't it? Well, let's hope it's not for... Another couple of years, at least. Oh, look, he's one of our most. Ex- he's, but he's one yeah. of our most exciting prospect players at the moment. He's unreal, isn't he? Yeah, and it's great, and he's developing, and he's and he's enjoying his time at Luton. Why would he want to go? And it's good to see that people, are, you know, referencing him back to or referring, sorry, to Ivan Tony, a new newer age Ivan Tony. Which you know, I said that to you. I heard that in the post match the other day, right? actually, and I was like, yeah. But also, also, you know, why would he give up playing every week for us and sitting on the bench? For half a game, half a, half a season. I don't yeah. think he would. I honestly think that he would stay with us to at least next season, at least. Well, let's hope he does. He's not silly. He knows, you know, where his bread's about. He knows what side it is. But And he, I, I think for him personally, I'm not even just saying this either. Obviously, we're biased, we're Luton fans, but I think for his career, he needs to stay with a team. Yeah, 100%. Like us, to progress. Well, let us know your thoughts in the comments below on YouTube or if you're on social media. Get us on Twitter or Instagram, Owen the Town. That's it from us today for a good couple of weeks. We get a nice little break for the international break. But Owen the Town doesn't stop because we've got Mick Harford on next week in case you missed oh, it earlier. Yeah, don't miss it. Mick Harford, hour-long podcast next Monday night. Producer Jacob's going to arrange a time with me and we'll let you know on Twitter. And then we're sorted. You can enjoy it. Dave absolutely smashed it. 
Yeah, first like 40 back, minutes yeah. literally the first 40 minutes of this podcast was, was me and Pataro yeah. sitting in silence just I, listening I pretty, and I'm not even gonna lie I was sitting there going I, I was like oh, yeah alright mate yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah little... you keep talking Dave you keep talking yeah, one of, one of those ones. what I found yeah. when I when we were speaking to him it was just like you're chatting to your mate he was a really nice really nice guy and, and I, I've never doubted that and it was a really nice conversation mm, it was and he's and honestly the passion he has for our club He's unreal. He's a, he's a fan like we are as as well. He he loves it. He loves the club. He loves the fans, and it was fantastic. He's he's such a good. I like to say the way he kept going as well. The way he kept talking as well. Fantastic. He holds he holds the football club and the fans in very high regard. And you know, uh, I don't care what you say. We use the word legend. He is total legend. He is a legend. Yeah, he don't miss it. Just don't miss it. Next Monday evening will be. The release day for that. Keep updated on social media. Oh, and the town. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll catch you in a couple of weeks.